0: I saw yesterday one of my favorite spots on Earth. I'm gonna bring Nelson next time I go Disney World. <laughs> it truly is the happiest place on Earth. Maybe that's what just Nelson needs. We need him to get a good day, get him some mouse ears, yeah. get him an ice cream bar, take get him on, on some Space rides. Mountain. Yeah. Uh, so Patrick Holmes, uh, he's at Space Mountain. He's at Disney World. He's the reigning Super Bowl MVP. He's 24, soon to be 25 years old and is set up for a long run in Kansas City you would think right you you've got the core together you got a pretty good tight end you got a pretty good running back you got a pretty good wide receiver and you got the mvp quarterback
1: you're looking pretty set
0: you're you're looking like and you got a, an offensive minded coach who even though he's maybe a little little older than uh, our guy Mike McCarthy was back in the day, still claims he's going to be there for a long time. So, he needs to start dieting. In, in, he <laughs> well, said he, he was. He well, says he's going to. He said he had that one last cheeseburger, and then he's done. But in, in, in theory, him. the Chiefs are set up for a good window of winning here for maybe the next 10 years. I mean, Holmes is only 25 when the next season starts. Well, go back to 2011. The Green Bay Packers, even to go back the year before that, 2010, because the Packers had... Made the playoffs, uh, were a playoff team, lost that crazy overtime safety uh, to Arizona, and you we could see then that we had something in Aaron Rodgers. So go back the last decade, but certainly 2011 when they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl. You had a 26, 27 year old Aaron Rodgers. You had wide receivers uh, a plenty. Uh, you had an All Pro tight end. You had All Pros on defense. You had Clay Matthews, you had Nick Collins, you had Jordy Nelson, you had Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you 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 were in a spot to maybe have exactly what the Chiefs think they have right now. And it obviously had never materialized to another Super Bowl. So I've been thinking a lot about this for the last 48 hours since the Super Bowl ended. My question to you guys and everybody else, 608-321-1670 will put the question up on Twitter. Uh, why... Or what do you think is the main reason why the Packer dynasty that everybody predicted was going to happen 10 years ago never materialized? I mean, I
1: have my answer, uh, but uh, it's more of a broader answer. But my one answer, I'm staring at one individual square in the face and I'm pointing my finger at him saying, you, my friend, are the reason why the Packers – Never had a dynasty, and almost, almost was completely ruined. People were talking. It is almost back to the Packers of the '70s and the '80s with the last two years. Didn't we start hearing that Miller? Like we're, we're we're run Aaron Rodgers' injury away again from the Packers being back to the dark ages with this roster. I have one individual in specific. One I'm looking square at. Can you guys guess who
0: it is? Yeah, but you don't like Mark Murphy. I don't know that he's to blame. They had. I don't think he was going with Mike or Mark Murphy. Well, it's either it's Ted Thompson or Mark Murphy, but he it's hates Ditor. Mark Murphy. It's
1: it. At first, it was going to be Ted Thompson. Yeah,
0: it's Mark. I mean, say, it's how, Mark Murphy. I've spent I spend more time with this guy than his wife, and you guys are like a you know the sewing circle in his little office. Yep. How do you not know it's Mark? Of course, it's Mark Murphy. There's
1: more to it, but the one guy that I hold responsible is Mark Murphy.
0: That. That
1: is my public enemy number one of why the, the dynasty didn't happen for the Green Bay Packers. And you're like, Mark Murphy, what does he have to do with anything? Well, I'm glad that I got three and a half hours to explain it to you. Okay,
0: How I look you forward to it because uh, under Mark Murphy, they went and won a Super Bowl. They went 15 and 1. Yep. They went 11 and 5. They went 12 and 4. And they played in four NFC championship games. I don't know why.
1: Well, under Mike McCarthy, they did that. Under Ted right. Thompson, they did so that. Under it... Aaron Rodgers, they did that. True. But why the dynasty didn't happen, I'm going to tell you why I think the dynasty didn't happen because I, of Mark Murphy.
0: I, I look forward to it. I love a good spirited debate. Uh, Nelson, do you have – I mean, look, we got uh, we got a few minutes here, but do you have a, a – a, I mean, we can flush this out. Do you have a working initial theory on why the dynasty didn't happen?
2: Yeah, I have to go with my guess where I thought Ebo was going to go. I'd have to go with Ted Thompson just because – He's, he's 1B Annette for me. He was the last half of his tenure as GM. Because some of those, you look at some of those draft classes, they don't lie. There yeah, but that's the,
0: okay, you guys are both right on the last set, but Ted Thompson and Mark Murphy, are they to blame for 15-1 and one and losing in the first round of the Giants? Obviously, you had a great roster if you went 15-1. and one. Are they to blame for a 12-4 and team that lost in the divisional round of the 49ers? Are Ted Thompson and Mark Murphy to blame for the NFC Championship game where you were up 16 nothing with five minutes to go? I mean, you take those three years, 2011, 2012, 2014, if they make one or two of those Super Bowls, then we had the dynasty. I don't know how, and again, I'm not saying you guys can't wait to hear your answer. I don't know how 2011, 2012, and 2014 have anything to do with Mark Murphy and Ted Thompson. They had the best record in the NFL those three years. Twice, twice they had home field advantage. Twice they played an NFC Championship game. I have no idea how that's Mark Murphy and Ted Thompson. No, there's fault.
1: many. There's many reasons why there's not a dynasty. My my main number one person is Mark Murphy. But for those other years, you can go, oh, if an injury didn't happen here, or if this happened. I'm saying my one overall umbrella. Is Mark Murphy. And of course they have success under Mark Murphy. Of course they had success under Ted Thompson. We're talking about a dynasty that almost came to fruition. I mean, the Packers were in the playoffs for eight straight years. They were in, what, four NFC Championship games. They had all the winning. That's Yes, Mark Murphy and Ted Thompson, they get get credit for that as well. But did they ever, ever, ever have a dynasty? No. They had one Super Bowl in that. So someone's got to take blame. Then there's a lot of blame to be had. Because there's a lot of people out there that have blame and can have the fingers pointed at them. But for me, Mark Murphy is the first guy I'm pointing my finger at, and then I can start pointing my finger at other people down the line.
0: All right, 608-321-1670. Who or what do you think is to blame for the decade that wasn't for the Green Bay Packers? 608 321
3: Thanks, guys, for taking my call. Uh, sure, Jim.
1: Yeah, thanks for calling in, Jim.
3: Yeah, I think as uh, – As we get farther away from the Ted Thompson era, I think history is not going to be kind with him. Uh, If you take a look back at some of the drafts, as you guys mentioned earlier, um, he he, other than the draft, he really didn't do a whole lot. When he did delve into free agency, he he tended to be um, fairly successful. But the problem is the, the guy, at the end of training camp, here's your 53-man roster, and he shut the door and he read a comic book or something for the rest of the season, and he never did, he never did anything after that. Jim,
1: Jim um, it wasn't a comic book. He grinded yeah. Division Three tape of people he had never drafted or should never be on a team. He just watched tape that, of that.
3: Yeah, maybe. But, um, you know, you look back at the year we went to the NFC Championship against Atlanta, we were just absolutely banged up and bruised up, and we had practice players on the team that were playing in an NFC Championship, mm-hmm. he did nothing to try to help that. I mean, Guttenkuhs made some moves during the season to try to help with some of the things that we had. Um, but, but Thompson's drafts, especially the last three or four, were just horrible. And, you know, you can live or die by the draft, but he just didn't make any moves. Um, you know, you look at, look at every time I would see the New Orleans Saints, I, I, I watched Taysom Hill. And it's like that guy was a football player, big guy, fast, and we could not find a spot on the Packers for him. You know, we cut him. He was a quarterback. He had a he had a great preseason, but you know, we couldn't figure out a way to keep him on a team. And now the guy's a tremendous asset for the New Orleans team. Um, it's stuff like that. That yeah, there was some McCarthy coaching decisions. Absolutely, NFC Championship with Seattle. That's on McCarthy, but. You know, Rodgers was in his prime, and he had a, talent, a lot of talent on the offense. But I'll tell you what, Thompson swung and missed on the defensive side of the ball. And that, you know, we went 15-1 and
4: yeah.
3: with a very, very leaky defense, but we were able to put up 35 every game. Well, when you can't do that, and you have a defense that's leaky, well, there you go. you lose losing the first round of the Giants. Yeah. Um, but I, I think history is not going to be kind to Ted Thompson when people really sit down and kind of digest this.
0: Well,
1: thank you, Jim. Yeah, nice no, hearing from you, I, buddy. Look, I think
0: early in the decade, uh, Ted had the roster. But I think absolutely, no question, from 15 when they went 10-6 and six, uh, to the ultimately the end of Ted Thompson at the end of 17. That, that three-year window oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, the roster was was not a good roster. Uh, all right, 608-321-1670. What say you? A decade that never happened. Why, Packer fans? Big moment here today. Big day. On the Joe and Evo Radio Network. Glad you're with us. We'll get back to the Packer dynasty. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. Don't forget the Twitter poll up on Zone Madison, but it is a, it is a time, Ebo. We've had, um, you know, for for many months, maybe years now, Mount Notice. It's resulted in some D-Bag nominations and wins. Yep. It's resulted in some spirited debates ah, on Twitter and debates. on this show and off air. It's resulted in some storm-offs. There's uh, definitely been storm-offs. Yep, we've had the nut-kick continuum for just the con- the, the continual uh, bad breaks, tough beats for us as Badger and Packer and Brewer and Buck fans where we just get, oh, whoa, just gets ripped away yeah. from us. And I thought, you know what? It's it's time to inject some positivity into this, right? Mount Notice, kind of a negative entity, right? Nelson's you know, God, he's got guys that haven't even done anything bad yet, like Eric Bledsoe, yeah, just what's like, that all about? waiting for him to be bad. Uh, your nut kick continuum, I completely understand it. I've lived it. We've lived it. Yep. Hell, we've been booking flights for Super Bowls and Rose Bowls at halftimes of games where we ended up not going. So certainly, I've experienced the nut kick continuum. But I thought it was time to have to celebrate some of the greatness of Wisconsin sports. And uh, I have put together with your help, Ibo, and your ex- exquisite online and uh, internet skills and photoshopping <laughs> skills, uh, the first ever release of the Joe Sonian, uh, as again, we explained it. It's somewhere kind of between Mount Notice and the Hall of Fame on the other side. You're coming down this. Hey, Nelson's going up the mountain of Mount Notice. We're coming down, coming down to the Valley of Celebration. And if you stay on this this path of righteousness, you're probably going to move into the Hall of Fame someday yes, in your specific sport. Or you could be in the Joan Ebo Hall of Fame someday. Or you could be in your, your various leagues Hall of Fame. It depends guys, on which
1: one you really want to go for, yeah. doesn't it?
0: Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Okay, we have the inaugural class of the Joe Sonian. Up first, a graduate of Scotts Plains Farnwood High School in New Jersey. Did you know that this young man was the 2015 New Jersey Gatorade state player? of the year he was an all Big Ten defensive selection as a sophomore and in fact had such an incredible season was named the defensive lineman of the game in a win against Maryland on November 11th 2017 such a storied career that he decided to forego his senior season to become eligible for the NFL draft where he was selected with the 12th overall pick by the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> we are proud to welcome to our inaugural class of the josonian Packer, outside linebacker, Rashawn Gary.
2: Joe, you said he was player of the game against Maryland in No, def-
0: I said he was defensive lineman of the game, Nelson. Oh,
2: defensive lineman of yeah. the game. Do you know how good that Maryland team finished in 2017?
0: That's irrelevant, Nelson. This is the Joe
2: All
0: right, up next, another champion all around. He was a graduate of Pleasant Valley High School in Chino, California. Early years, born to the son of Darla Lee and Edward Wesley, a Texas-born chiropractor. After a storied high school career, He would go on to success at Butte Community College in Oroville, California, a junior college 15 miles to the south of Chico. After a blistering freshman season of 26 touchdowns, he transferred to the University of California where he became a three-year starter. At the end of his third year, he declared for the NFL draft. Many thought he would be the number one overall pick. He inexplicably or maybe through divine intervention fell to the 24th overall pick where he was selected by the Green Bay Packers. He has won two NFL regular season MVPs, a Super Bowl MVP, and his career passer rating of 102.4 is the highest in NFL history. The Joe Sonian welcomes Aaron Charles Rodgers to its inaugural 2020 class. Up next, a lot of people think Matt Bernstein is the original Hebrew hammer. Do you know there was another (laughs) Hebrew hammer before? This young man, filled with testosterone and might, born in Mission Hills, California, on November 17, 1983. The son of Diane and Joe Braun, he attended Granada Hills High before going on to a beautiful college career for the University of Miami Hurricanes, where he batted 396 with 18 home runs and a 727 slugging percentage. A first-round draft pick by the Milwaukee Brewers. He would go on to win the 2007 Major League Baseball National League Rookie of the Year Award, the 2011 national league mvp award should have been the 2012 mvp he is the current all-time home run leader for the milwaukee brewers the Joe Sonian welcomes ryan joseph braun to its inaugural class and last but certainly not least This young man was a three-year starter at Southern Methodist University playing linebacker, intercepting seven passes during his career. His senior year he was voted team captain by his peers and also was the team's starting place kicker. After not being drafted in the 1975 NFL Draft, he was signed as a undrafted free agent by the Houston Oilers. He played a gritty 10-year career, starting nine games during that 10-year career, but was durable. Played in 146 of the 147 Houston Oilers games during his 10-year career. He would go on to be a scout around the NFL, being hired by Ron Wolf of the Green Bay Packers in 1992. In 2005, he replaced Mike Sherman as the general manager. He would go on to become a future, certain first ballot Hall of Famer with the selection later that year of Aaron Rodgers in the first round. Our fourth and final inductee into the inaugural class of the Joe Theodore Clarence Thompson. So there it is, the inaugural class of the Joe How's it feel? Rashawn Gary, Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Braun, and Ted Thompson. I would just say, guys, greatness knows greatness. <laughs> one more.
1: One more. You know, a lot of people might disagree with some of the people on the Josonian but last I checked, they don't have a Sonian. Mm. That's yep. your Joe Sonian. Thank you. And got a re- tip of the cap. Respect to the people that are on the inaugural class. Well done. What do you think, Nelson? I'm just
2: going to say tough scene for Ted Thompson right now <laughs> since he is leading the poll today. Yeah.
1: Ted Thompson is getting work today. And then Uh, we introduced the Joe Sony.
2: I'm
0: not saying the timing is coincidental at all. I'm just saying, you know, Ted Thompson did win a super bowl. Was the guy who pulled the trigger on Aaron Rodgers, did have eight straight years of playoffs. Is he up for the Joe Sony the same day that he's up for bringing down a potential dynasty? Is that coincidence or not? I'll let you decide. Also,
2: the only other thing I really have is, you know, some of those guys like Ryan Braun, Aaron Rodgers, you mentioned MVPs, obviously. Ted Thompson has a Super Bowl. Then you get to Rashawn (laughs) Gary, and you mentioned he was player – no, sorry, defensive lineman of the game against the 4-8 Maryland Someone's
1: got to be defensive lineman of the game, Nelson.
2: It just doesn't seem to stack up with the other accolades
0: of some of the other guys. He was the Gatorade State Player of the Year in New Jersey in 2015. If Aaron
2: Bledsoe's a reach – Rashawn Gary is like a reach Did man. you tweet it out, Miller? Oh, yeah.
1: I'm going to go put it on the Twitch channel, too, because people on Twitch are wondering what it looks like. So oh, I'll man. It up yeah, there.
0: it's up at Action Zone Radio. Uh, congratulations, Rashawn Gary, Ryan Braun, Aaron Rodgers, Ted Thompson, the inaugural class, the 2020 class of the Joe Sonian. <laughs> this has been uh, quite the hot-button topic. Ton of feedback on this. Uh, you know, obviously with the heels of the Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes winning the MVP – in the game on Sunday and come being the reigning league MVP, a lot of people think Ebo the Chiefs are set up for a decade uh, of dominance. Right, that th- this could be the next dynasty. If you've been looking for the next Brady Patriots, if it's truly over in New England, uh, the best candidate would certainly be Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Tyree Kill, Damian Williams, Travis Kelsey. I mean, the, the Chiefs are set up to be. That next dynasty. Yes, uh, but that's take what everyone's me back, telling me. Yeah, take me back 2010. You know, the 2000s was the decade of the Patriots, right? This was the emergence of Brady and Belichick. They had three. They were the dynasty. Yep. They kind of maybe we thought it was over at the interns. out we were wrong. But by about 2008, 2009, it looked like the party was over for New England. You finally had Peyton Manning winning it. You had some other teams coming up in the AFC. And everyone was looking for that. Who's going to be the next dynasty? Well, we had a pretty good candidate right here. We had the league MVP and the Super Bowl MVP who was 26, about to be 27. His name was Aaron Rodgers. And I think if you would have asked not just Packer fans, I bet if you would have asked Bear and Viking fans, (gasps) as much as they hate Packer fans, if you would have asked a majority of Bear and Viking fans, if you had done a a poll or if you had polled 1,000 Bear and Viking fans in 2011 saying, Do you think the Packers will or will not make another Super Bowl between now and 2020? I bet you as painful as it was, I bet you 80% of Baron Viking fans would have voted yes. I bet you That's how obvious it was to all of us.
1: Everything was set up so perfectly for the Packers to be that next
0: mm, dynasty. And 2011, okay, 15-1, 15 and one, you had the league MVP. You just you got caught sleeping at the wheel. Terrible loss to the Giants, but hey, we're going to be fine. It was just one game. We'll be back. 2012, yeah, you go 12 and four. You get uh, you get beat uh, by the 49ers. Colin Kaepernick runs wild. 2013, Aaron Rodgers breaks his collarbone. Feel like maybe that was a lost season. Should have been, been drinking milk. Right. 2014, 12 and four again. The biggest collapse in the history of pro sports. You lose a <laughs> 16 point lead with five minutes to go. Yeah. And then 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 it kind of was thin years, right? You still made some playoffs, ten and six, you lose in the division round, ten and six, you get to an NFC championship game, but it was smoke and mirrors. I mean, that was that true. You were talking about dynasty, and because we thought we had a dynasty because of Aaron Rodgers. That's why you thought it. That ten and six year where they went to the NFC championship game, the run the table year, yeah. smoke and mirrors. That was a four and twelve team with a with a with a Hall of Fame quarterback. That was it. But now, since that season, 2017-2018, no playoffs, Mike McCarthy fired, Ted Thompson reassigned, fired, retired, whatever, and that basically ended the decade. So we, I want to know, you guys, what happened in that whole decade? The first half of the decade, how many near misses, right? Countless. 15-1, two 12-4s, an NFC Championship game. Um, Always the Vegas favorite right. to win the Super Bowl. What happened? That Because that's, to me, where I circle, that's where you miss the opportunity. Because at the end of it, whether you want to blame McCarthy or Thompson or Rogers or Murphy or all of them, the bottom line is that team wasn't good enough to win the last three years. Exactly. It was good enough to win Super Bowls from 2010 to 2016 or 2015. What happened in that five-year window?
1: Well, I think... Defense definitely is there because if you look at it, the Packers offensively put up points. Rodgers won two
0: MVPs in that five-year window.
1: It's just the defense. My God. So when you look at the defense and how many times did we cry about Aaron Rodgers not having weapons and how yeah. many times did we cry about the defense just being so bad? What did Ted Thompson always do? He never would draft in the first round a weapon for Aaron Rodgers. It would always be defense, defense, defense. It defense. Year in and he year kept whiffing defense, on the Defense, defense, Whiff, whiff, whiff. And what's something he wouldn't do. Go and get names in free agency. Charles yeah. Woodson was a, was phenomenal.
0: Julius yeah. Peppers was a good was one. Was phenomenal. Ryan Pickett, big reason why they won the Super Bowl but, on that line. I mean, he did when, good in free agency.
1: What you know? You had running backs too. Eddie Lacy was good for what two years? Two years. Like he was a wasn't he a Pro Bowler and Rookie of the Year yeah, and a Pro of, Bowler. What did Marshawn Lynch say when he was with wasn't the Buffalo Bills? He goes, Yo. Tell Ted to
0: come get me. Well, and who was his college quarterback and best buddy? Yeah,
1: Rogers. Aaron Tell Ted to come get me. Instead, you know, Pete Carroll and the Seahawks get him. We see what beast mode can do. Uh, who's
0: another guy that was out there that Tony, wanted to come? Up with it? Randy Moss, not once Randy but twice. Randy Moss, twice, and that was uh, Tony Gonzalez. Tony
1: Gonzalez is another Ted. It's like, then there's like Ted Thompson. I think is public enemy number one for the majority of people and rightfully so but you can't take away what he did early on in his career at the Packers as a GM. Ted Thompson had some good classes. Ted Thompson got some good players. I mean, you can't you can't refute that, can you?
0: No, and that's why I'm question 6083211670. That five because yes, I you're a spot on 100%. I can't argue at all that towards from the 2015-16-17 seasons it was awful. There's a draft class in there that no longer exists.
1: 2015.
0: It's like Doc Brown said in in Back to the Future, erased from existence. existence. Like It's Marty pulling out the photograph of his family. They're all erased (laughs) because they never existed. That's what a couple of Ted Thompson's drafts were. But that doesn't explain the beginning of the decade. When they had Nick Collins and Clay Matthews and Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb and Aaron Rodgers and Jermichael Finley, and the list goes on and on, Julius Peppers, they had... Six, seven, eight, nine Pro Bowlers a year. What happened? Was it just dumb bad luck? Was it did Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers freeze in the playoffs? Like they, you're right at the end. Ebo, hundred percent. The roster stunk, stunk the last three years. Stunk. But it, the roster was probably the best in the NFL from 2011 to 2014. Why didn't they win in that four-year window?
1: Well, I, I mean, you also can just go look at dumb luck with like injury. Remember right. when? Um... You know, uh, Jermichael Finley. That How how long we been waiting to get a tight end like Jermichael Finley?
0: Forever. I mean, Chamura and Keith Jackson had him for you know a couple of years, that 96, 97. So,
1: we talked about how the Packers,
2: you know, they probably should have had or at least been in, what, probably three Super Bowls in that time frame. How many Super Bowls do you think they could have made with that same exact roster but not having an Aaron Rodgers, just an average quarterback?
0: <laughs> I mean.
2: Where I'm going with this is – Aaron Rodgers fell into Ted Thompson's lap at pick 24. He probably should have been a top 10 pick. He had the talent to be a top 10 pick. There were obviously his attitude and some of his mechanics. That's why he dropped. But what I'm getting at is Ted Thompson, you know, was best player available. He was the best guy available. They took Aaron Rodgers. They obviously still had Brett Favre. And then look what he did right after it. He took a quarterback the very next year, Ingo Martin. A couple of years later, he takes Brian Braum and Matt Flynn in the same draft class. He did not know what he had in Aaron Rodgers in 2008, where you do not draft Brian Braum. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, taking He t- got lucky that Aaron Rodgers turned out to be that good. Well, that
0: was his mantra, though.
1: You draft the best or, player yeah. available. Or he
0: just, Nelson couldn't, I, I think that's kind of hyperbole, but, I mean, Nelson's point's well taken. If you really think you have a first ballot Hall of Famer, why are you drafting a quarterback in the and second round two years, years He'd later? He'd been
2: on the team for three years, and they used the second-round pick on Brian Braum.
0: Now, the, the counter to that is you still had Favre up until the first time, and Rodgers, the two times he filled in for Favre, got hurt. If you recall, the two times that there were blowouts that Rodgers came in to to fill in for Favre, he got hurt. He broke <laughs> his foot one time, and yeah. he, like, sprained his ankle the other time. So maybe Ted was thinking this guy maybe. but you're right, Nelson, in the sense Fred Gile. of – did did they know what they had in Aaron Rodgers six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy Gavin? Welcome to the Joe and Ebo show.
1: Hey boys, how are we living this morning? What's good, up, Gav? How are you doing? Doing
5: all right, Ebo. What do we got about ten weeks till the NFL draft here. Count down, bro. We like, got
0: right? XFL coming XFL up too. XFLs on Saturday, Gavin. <laughs> Come on, we're, Gav. gonna, we're gonna pick an official Joe and Ebo team this later this week.
5: Sadly enough, I'm enough to football degenerate. I'll, I'll of course I'll probably try. I not know how it'll go. Hey, no. I
1: tried with at the AAF. I lasted about two weeks, and then I saw some dude miss five, like, gimme fuel goals. I'm like, I don't know about this anymore.
5: Nice. Hey, guys. Uh, so a question as to why the Packers couldn't uh, create a dynasty here. The first half of the decade, guys, I, I think it's pretty clear, and it's just the failure to get a top-ten defense. Um, a lot of people argue the Chiefs are, you know, they won the Super Bowl. They were actually the seventh. Uh, they were number seven in scoring defense this year. Um, if you look at the playoffs, I mean, the defense stepped up, stepped up when it had to in the second half of those games. Packers had a top-ten defense once, guys, and it's no coincidence that's the year that uh, they won the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Second half of the decade, guys, it's just the collective ineptness of, of everybody from McCarthy. Uh, his ego just at that point was way too big. He, he didn't adapt. Um, he didn't look for an offensive coordinator to change things up. His assistant coaches, guys, I mean, Capers, Zooks, Locum, uh, it's, there there's a reason why those guys weren't promoted, and the other guys were, I think, they were playing, like, coaching in the XFL. Um, you know, with Ted Thompson, in the beginning he was good. He drafted well. Uh, but he also failed to adapt guys with an ever-rising salary cap, and he just would not go and get free agents. And then we don't need to cover the last five years of his draft. We've done that so many times, but we all know how that went. And ultimately, guys, and Ebo, you're going to love this, but if you want to really point a finger, guys, I mean, look right at the ringmaster at the circus, and it's Mark Murphy. Yeah,
0: yeah, there we Um,
5: go, baby. He he ultimately is the guy that rode the coattails of Aaron Rodgers for too long and and didn't see the writing on the wall when he should have. And now Rodgers isn't that guy anymore, and they can't do that. So just failure to adapt on all levels, guys, and make changes when they need to be made. To be changed, but the first half, I'm going to point it directly on the defense not being the top ten defense. So, you boys have a good one. Take care. We'll talk to you later. See Paolo. you, Jeff.
0: Yep. Yeah, uh, it's, you know that was obviously evil. The knock, right, is the defense. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to think of again how how really truly bad is your defense when you go fifteen and one.
1: I mean, how now, truly good was Aaron Rodgers though during that fifteen and one stretch? The defense was opportunistic, true. right? But
0: I mean, Aaron Rodgers
1: was was on a level. He set a record. Yeah, that's the record he said. He was on. He was on another level. That well, I don't think we'll ever see. I mean, maybe Mahomes could do it. Right. But I don't think. I mean, Mahomes. Mahomes is good too.
2: In 2011, isn't that the year that Nick Collins, one of the up-and-coming leaders, yeah. broke his
0: neck? Broke his neck and yeah. never played again. And so, that's I mean, a,
2: that's going to kill a defense.
0: Well, and to be fair to Gavin's point, yes, they, they were 15-1, but in the game that mattered the most, the playoffs, they gave up 37 points to Eli Fartface Manning <laughs> and the Giants, who are 9-7, <laughs> and seven, and got in on a gift the last week of the season. Now, so, I mean, they got boat raced by a 9 and 7 team in Lambeau, gave up 37 what points. What do you
1: guys think of this? If you aren't Bill Belichick in the New England Patriots, you're only talking about, you're not talking about any other coach that won two Super Bowls in the last decade. Correct. Only, you know, McCarthy won, Sean Payton won, um, you know, Harbaugh won. We're all talking about just one for each coach, unless your name is Bill Belichick. So does that make it even more hurtful that the Packers are in there eight years and how many, NFC cha- yeah, how many chances you had they could have you been the, they, were, like they he, were the
0: chance to be the dynasty that never was.
1: They had the best chance out of anyone. And Anybody. If you, and if you go to any other team in the NFC North and you want to bag on the Packers, what other team since 19, when were the Bears, 85, 86, what, what other team was in the Super Bowl?
0: Right. I mean, the Bears did make the one in, what, 07, but, yeah, they didn't win it. Yeah, and, but that wasn't
1: this decade. You right.
0: Know? And you go one further with the Patriots and what makes it even sting more 2014, the loss to Seattle, they beat the Patriots. The Packers did during that regular season. No guarantee they would have won in that Super Bowl, but you would have felt pretty good. You had the league MVP. You had just won in Seattle, the defending Super Bowl champs. I would have liked Green Bay's chances in that Super Bowl in 14.
1: This is the part that drives me mad too, is when the Packers freaking lost to the Giants. They lost, like you just brought up, man, fart faced Eli Manning. Well, they
0: got destroyed. It wasn't like yeah. it was the the, a the ref, Giants, right? It wasn't like the refs missed a call at the end, or it was a fluky, you know, hail mary or punt return to win it. They just got thoroughly dominated for sixty minutes. Is it
1: the only time the Giants made the playoffs? They won the Super Bowl.
0: Yes, the yeah.
2: only time Eli Manning he won made a playoff the playoffs game, twice. He won Super Bowls. Yeah. He's, Jesus, he's
0: eight zero in the playoffs. This was just more maddening. Um but he only made but that's the great debate, Ooh, right? Hey,
1: you'll love this Miller. Go ahead. UW Go Big Red Jack tweets in at Zone Madison. I love the josonian list. Something positive about our sports scene.
0: Thank you, Big Red Jack. Yes, we we revealed the inaugural class of the josonian. It's kind of, I, I explained it. it. You're in the valley of greatness trying to ascend up the mountain to the Hall of Fame. And our, our first four inductees, Rashawn Gary, Ryan Braun, Aaron Rodgers, and Theodore Clarence Thompson. <laughs> celebrate the greatness that is Wisconsin sports. Again, we're asking, you know, this matchup tonight, which is sold, you know, I get it. And you're right. You, you said it, Evo. that from, from the NBA to the media, how much money is invested not only in the person, but in the success of the person, talking about Zion, and, you know, the NBA taking taken on some water. I mean, three years ago when there was the attack on football and ratings were falling for the first time in decades, and from the Kaepernick stuff to the concussion lawsuits, people thought maybe football's day is done and the NBA was going to rise up. That did not happen after whether it was people just realized football is still what we love or the the China fiasco or some of the others China. Um, with, with the NBA. The NBA's ratings are tanking this year. So they certainly could use Zion. They need something. But to say that he's at the level of Giannis um, is kind of crazy. And then the question would be, is Giannis right now the face of the NBA? And does the NBA want its face to be from a small market Milwaukee, which I would say it absolutely can be. I mean, it's been done before. Tim Duncan was the face out of San Antonio. Durant and Westbrook and Harden were when they were with Oklahoma City. So, I mean, yeah, that being said, I'm sure the NBA is much happier that LeBron pieced out from Cleveland and went to L.A. And I'm sure the NBA would love it much more if Giannis signs with the Knicks in the offseason as opposed to Oof, re-signing with gross. the Bucks. But... Is Giannis or does or Giannis is fair, not even the face of the NBA? Well, does he need to win this year if he if they if, if it's if he outduels LeBron and the Lakers or Kawhi and the Clippers in the NBA Finals, then just do we have no choice? I feel like it's as a society, easy. sports fans to say that Giannis is the face.
2: I think it's pretty easy to tell who the face of the NBA is. If you remember at the beginning of the year with all that uh, Hong Kong stuff coming out, who spoke? Adam Silver and. LeBron, LeBron James, James. Yeah. LeBron James took what was it 2 or 3 extra days to come to up have with a whatever terrible he had to say. A terrible answer. Yeah. did right. yeah. he bow down James. to the Chinese overlords? For, it, it's for sure LeBron James he'll be the face
1: probably until he retires.
2: Look at Kobe, he was one of the faces in the NBA until he retired. He should have retired like 3 years prior.
1: Dude, you know what LeBron I mean, yes, lose, the whole Kobe situation stinks and everything. LeBron said it's up to him now to carry on Kobe's legacy. Of course, LeBron James would say that. Only LeBron James would say it's his duty now to carry on Kobe's legacy.
2: Yeah, like how are LeBron and Kobe connected at all? They're other not than being good not. basketball
1: yeah. players. I mean, um, okay, yeah, LeBron went to the Lakers. Okay, but Kobe he's been there a golf. year yeah. and a half. Kobe it's, played twenty it's years. It's now there. his duty to carry on Kobe's legacy. Gag me, dude. LeBron James is he is but the face is of the, the NBA. Face. And to Giannis Antetokounmpo is the face outside of America. I would say because who is? When you look at the NBA All Star Game, you know who the captains are, right? LeBron, LeBron and, James
0: and Giannis. And Giannis. And that's the second year in a row, by the way. That's been yeah. that way.
1: But I mean, yes, Giannis is the captain of the NBA All Star Game. One of them. Do you ever hear anything about Giannis? Do you ever hear like anyone say anything about Giannis nationally? When it's I' getting
0: there, but not even close. To it's do, LeBron,
1: Harden, West. You know. So Giannis has been on the scene now for a few years. Seven at this
2: at this. Well, I mean, oh, at, at, at this, this level, level. yeah. Do you think he still is probably the top international player? Do you think Luka Doncic has passed him in just
1: half a year? Yeah, they're kind of even hyping Luka Doncic up even they more. Hype than they hype him up are, a ton. Yeah, than Giannis. Um, is that just because he's in Dallas? I have no idea.
0: Well, and here's the thing back to LeBron, okay, and this is where I you go back to the age thing. We we're talking about Zion v. Giannis. Go Giannis vs LeBron at LeBron at 35 eight straight last year was the first time in eight, in nine years that LeBron hadn't been in the NBA finals. Didn't win all of them. I mean, he's three and five in that stretch. One, two at the heat, one with the Cavaliers, but he did go four in a row at the heat, four in a row at the Cavs. Um, You know, we think the bucks are going to make it this year, but I mean, does Giannis have to not only win this year, but he's got to win a couple more. I mean that, that, and then, you know, Kobe with five titles, like, does Giannis have to win a bunch to take that over?
1: Yeah, I think I think that comes with the territory, for sure. I mean, you're not gonna I mean,
0: you're right, Giannis is he's in the discussion right now. Like
1: but... Tim Duncan is probably the most boring dude ever. Tim Duncan what's what was Tim Duncan's name? Mr. Fu- Big Fundamentals, Mr. Fundamentals, whatever it was. Tim Duncan, was he not the most boring NBA player ever? Yeah. How many when the Spurs started winning on the rings? I saw, I don't know how many kids I saw wearing Tim Duncan jerseys. And Tim Duncan's plaster all over everything. It was all Tim Duncan. He's so boring, but the winning and the championships, that brings you know, more fanfare. See,
2: I think if you can be an extremely transcendent player in the league, you don't necessarily have to win championships, but it's definitely a big boost. Like, look at Shaq. Before he got to the Lakers, he was still one of the most dominating players in the league. Everyone knew who Shaq
0: was. So I'm looking at well, Barkley never Barkley only play ever even played in one NBA final, and he's and iconic. he's posted
1: all over TNT. Right. So I'm looking at um, ESPN.com. It's because I might have a brain injury, um, but I'm trying to look for Giannis. The first thing I see is LeBron James. Then another article saying LeBron cites daughter in choosing number two for All Star game. It's it's talking about LeBron's daughter. I don't see, there's not a single thing about Giannis, who is the reigning MVP on the best team in the NBA, with the best record, who will win the NBA's MVP again. I am now down, there's not one single mention of Giannis Adenakumbo anywhere on the front page. I've already seen them talking about LeBron's daughter, a picture of LeBron, there's Luka Doncic, Nelson, well, for you. Know you know why they
0: do that? Because they, they are, they're giving the audience what it wants. More people want to read about LeBron and his daughter and the, the Lakers than they do about Giannis and LeBron the LeBron
2: James is the biggest narcissist there is, but he never gets called on it. Everything he does, he has to re- revolve it back to himself.
0: Well, he's got a I I mean, it's his brand. But he's backed it up. He's made, He went to eight straight finals. He's won four MVPs. Uh, and he's won three titles. Like, like He's got the credentials. That The only reason he ever dedicated his
2: jersey number to his, what daughter his daughter wears is because the Kobe Bryant well, thing. Well, of course. It's not like he would do that without the Kobe Bryant incident happening. Like, come on. That's all fake garbage.
0: I just think. Uh, well, it's, I mean, when
1: you are a brand of that stature, you also have to do that. To maintain.
0: I just wonder, I'm just...
1: There's not a single thing about Giannis.
0: Yeah, where does Giannis fit... I'm in- at the
1: bottom of the page on nothing.
0: <laughs> where does Giannis fit into the equation? You know, you are going to have all the hype about Zion now. Uh, LeBron still, I mean, whether he's a narcissist or he's playing a part or not, he's 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 got the credentials to back it up. What does Giannis have? What does Giannis need? Giannis does have one MVP, but he lost four straight games. Not he, his team lost four straight games in the round to go to the championship game last year. We say good morning to the Zach Halpern, Sports Director, WOZN and the Wisconsin Sports on Radio Network and host of the Swing, which was on fire last night. In fuego. Good morning, Zach. Morning, guys.
1: Zach, it's so good you got everyone else the competition retweeting it.
0: Yeah, did you see that, Zach? The, the, the what's <laughs> left to competition? I mean, we Ebo and I put them all down, but what's left of the competition is retweeting your stuff. You're so popular now. Yes, I noticed that. I pointed that out to Evo because I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, I
1: chuckled too. I mean, the, the zone logos all over it. I, I love it.
6: Thank you. yeah, it's fantastic. And I'm not gonna tell anybody. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna measure it to anybody over there. No, exactly. same.
0: They, they hate us cause they ain't us. I mean, just yeah. that's that's what it is, brother. They're us? No, ain't it's, us. It's oh, yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Either way, no matter Uh what. so uh, I listened last night heading home from uh, the gym. Uh, great introspective thinking in the sauna at the Princeton Club West. Uh, And then I jumped in my car and listened to a little swing with you and Jesse Temple and heard a little bit of the Jim Polzine uh, commentary as well. And if people don't realize or put two and two together, he was the reporter from the State Journal that obviously sat down with Kobe King and put the article out there last week during the middle of all this. So, you know, A, how surprised was Jim that that King agreed to it and, you know, so close kind of with all this going on. What was Polzine's reaction, I wonder?
6: Yeah, he was a little – I mean, I think – He was a little surprised, but he also had a history with Kobe because uh, he had done some stories on him. And so if there was going to be a local reporter that was going to sit down with him, it was probably going to be Jim just because he has that relationship with him. And, um, you know, the way that everyone attacked, I'll be honest, the way everybody attacked both Kobe and Great Guard, and it went both ways uh, after the news came out, he felt he needed to say something, and uh, Jim was there to listen, and uh, he went out and said something. And uh, that his comments, Kobe's comments, went, um, you know, went all over the place, and uh, the, the dislike or the hate for Greg Gard picked up even more. But you know, um, it's a it's a he said, she said type of thing right now with with uh, the, the program and the players in the program saying, you know, we we support Greg Gard and everything like that. And then you've got Kobe on the other side. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think we're ever gonna get a, a clear, exact, right down to this, right down to the word of what exactly happened there.
0: Uh, visiting with our sports director Zach Halpern, and then you know, the other big piece of it is obviously the game on Saturday and the, the stunning, you know, fashion and manner that they win that thing. Zach down to seven scholarship players. You know, you have one of your starters, a former Mister Basketball, top recruit, uh, quitting the program for you know 48 hours earlier. Uh, how surprised were all you guys, you and Jesse and Jim, just everybody there on Saturday covering the game that they were able to show up and put the performance they did on Saturday.
6: I I thought going in that they were going to put up a good effort. There, I didn't, I didn't think they were going to roll over because that just would not be Wisconsin to roll over at a, you know, in a tough situation. But for them to, for them, for them to shoot the way that they did in the first half was, you know, ridiculous. They shot fifty-seven percent, and it was. I mean, even you know, Brevin Pritzel pulling out of Kobe like the, the fadeaway um, shot down in the post. I mean, that was that was as good an effort they had first half-wise as, as they've had all year. And then for them to hold on. Late and just not score a basket in the last seven minutes and still win that game was a total Wisconsin second half, right? I mean they they shoot like crap, but they play good enough defensively. Get get a little help from Xavier Tillman, not be able to finish around the rim, and uh, pulled out a win that they absolutely had to that they absolutely had to have. Not just for this season, but just you know for great guard and for the the program itself. So um, surprised at that they won the game, yes, but. The fact that they gave a lot of effort and everything like that, I wasn't surprised about that. What
1: was the um, what was the scene like after the game when Greg Gard was at the presser? Because correct me if I'm wrong, you mentioned yesterday that then in your article at madsurteesportsland.com again, that's madsurteesportsland.com that there was booing of Greg Gard pregame, yeah. and then was his family with him after the game, or how did that all work?
6: Yeah, so um, and apparently it wasn't overly noticeable because I asked uh, Jim Holzine about that on the show yesterday, and he said he didn't even he didn't even hear it but there was some booing from the uh, I think largely from the student section uh, we talked I don't know if we mentioned this last week but there was after the Kobe thing came down at one of the dorms downtown there was a fire great guard now or fire great guard ASAP on one of the like huge huge letters like uh, like three floors mm-hmm. um, uh, down at one of the dorms and so that there's, there's some angst among the, the student population down there and it kind of came out with some boos um, and I don't know if that affects him but I certainly do think it affects his family. I do think it carries over to his family and them having to deal with it in the community. His kids having to go to school and hear people, uh, you know, trashing their dad. So, you know, I could probably count on one hand the number of times that his family's been in a post-game press conference. But they were there uh, after the game on on uh, on Saturday, and um, it was just his immediate family. And I think maybe, um, but it I it, I don't think it affects him, but I do think it affects them, and um, that's I think why they were there.
0: Visiting with our sports director Zach Halpern. Uh, final thought on that, then we then we move forward. Zach, you know, w- w- did did Jim Polzine when he was with you, when he was interviewing Kobe King, did. did you get the sense of like the, the gravity or the weight of, of King making that decision. And, you know, we're talking Greg Guard's family there and Tom Izzo speaking up and ex-players speaking up and Tyler Hero getting into it with Zach Shawalter and Sam Decker coming to Guard's defense. I mean, did, did King did, or did the, any one of you guys in the media kind of realize what the, the gravity of what this Kobe King decision would mean ultimately for Badger what? basketball?
6: Well, I think Kobe King realized it and why it took maybe why it took him so long to actually do it. Um, it, As we talked last week, you know, there were rumblings that he was not happy as early as, you know, his true freshman season and and wanting to to leave and didn't do it. And yet, you know, here we are two and a half years later and or two years later, I guess. And he finally went ahead and made the decision. I don't, I don't think it was an easy decision by him whatsoever because he knew what would come with it. He knew the, the vitriol that would come with it. And, you know, the, the, both sides of it, certainly, and you know he's got a life to live too. I mean, he's, he's got to finish out school here and then and then find a new school, go play basketball somewhere else. I, I think he knew how big of the decision was and, and the uh, and what would happen if and when he made that decision, and it certainly played out that way. And, and I now certainly understand why it was such a tough decision.
1: Yeah, that's that's crazy, man. Now moving it forward, now do you think this is something that's really hard to do in the Big Ten, Zach? Win on the road. Wisconsin, what they go into Minnesota tomorrow night? Is this something where you think they can carry that momentum forward without you know uh, without Kobe King getting Brad Davidson back?
6: Yeah, you know what, Uh, Minnesota is good at home. They're four and one in Big Ten play at home, so they they have played really well uh, in the barn there, and and they're desperate for a win too. I mean, they they've lost three of four, and they are uh, they're one of those teams that's fighting. I mean, there's right now if you look at the bracketology, different ones. I mean, there's like ten or eleven Big Ten teams in, which is just you know. Uh, a, a huge number. I think they the the record is eleven for a single conference and a single year getting into the tournament. Minnesota's right there, you know, trying to find enough wins to get in, and they're a game behind Wisconsin in the Big Ten, so it's going to be a, a tough game. I I do think that uh, it, you know Tom Izzo talked about it on Saturday after the game, and as a guy who has dealt with plenty of um, controversy around his program in the past, you probably should know this. Uh, but it the first game when you're de- after a week wisconsin had last week and you know the first game is usually the easiest one because you're still you're so pumped you're ready to go you brought the energy and everything that that one's the easiest one it's the second game that is always the, the more tough can you or the toughest uh because can you bring what you had on saturday and and carry it over to wednesday uh, on the road you know that's going to be tough um but they do get brad Davidson back they are a little they're a little bit deeper i don't think they're going to be seeing major tricer or. Revin Fritz will play 39 minutes this time around. But um, that, I think, is their biggest challenge is can you carry over what you did Saturday into Wednesday?
0: And then it kind of sets the stage, Zach. You know, nine games to go, and we all kind of looked at this, this schedule when we saw, you know, breaking it out and, and the gauntlet, you know, kind of the middle of the season, which they just finished on Sunday, uh, that you look at these final nine games, uh, certainly a majority of them are going to be winnable. You know what? What's your take on the final nine games, and then ultimately, you know, the number of wins that you would feel confident in them getting, saying that they're a lock then to be a part of March Madness. I think they need to get to eighteen. Uh, just looking at some of the the uh, not the metrics, the
6: uh, some of the what would you call it? Um, analytics of how to of how to get uh, to that eighteen, or I should say, the analytics of what they would happen if they got to eighteen. If they get to eighteen they are in very very good shape and so that would mean winning five more games here in the regular season and you know they have five home games left they have five on the, five at home and four on the road and those are that's you win your home games and you know if you lose your road your games it is what it is but um i i think it's 18 now can they get there yeah i definitely think they can you're right the schedule does open up a little bit more but they still do have to go to obviously tomorrow go to um Go to Minnesota, and then they have to go to Nebraska, and that's never easy. They do get Rutgers at home. Uh, there's there's definitely winnable games, and I still think they get to 18 before the end of the regular season, and then I, I you know maybe win a game in the Big Ten tournament just to, to guarantee it. But I think 18 is the number you got to get to in the regular season.
1: So I'm looking at the quad one wins for the bracketology, like this quad one. Yeah. Everyone, t- there's only six teams with uh, six or more quad one wins: Baylor, Kansas, Seton Hall. Butler, Wisconsin. And yeah. and then Creighton. So Wisconsin yeah. is yeah. up there with everyone all these other teams, by the way, are ranked in the top AP top twenty five. Wisconsin has six quad one wins and that's right. you know some of the most in the nation.
6: And that's the reason why they can be at thirteen and nine and be a seven or eight or six, seven, yeah. eight seed, which is what a lot of people are pointing to right now. Because the net rankings, uh the last time I looked, I think they were it was yesterday I looked they at thirty two. Um and at with nine losses, they're the, obviously the highest ranked team with nine losses. uh in, in that, in that, it's because the Quad One wins. And you know, their their worst loss right now, right now at least, is the um, New Mexico game. And New Mexico's I think like 113 or 114 in the net rankings. Everyone else is in the top 100 that they've lost to. So, put those two t- two things together, and you can understand why 18 is uh, you know, while that doesn't seem like a huge number to get. Is is while it is why it would be fine uh, if they if they get to that number. Well, they yeah. Think about resonant.
0: this. Think about this, Zach, visiting with our sports director Zach Halpern talking some Badger basketball. You know, as far as Wisconsin's setting or the Big Ten, uh, that same bracketology. Virginia, who's the defending national champ, not in the bracket as of today. Yeah, I have seen. I thought
6: I saw another one where they have Wisconsin and uh, Virginia playing in the first round. They like, How about Wisconsin, that for a playing
0: game? We're all going to Dayton yeah. on Tuesday night to this, watch Tony Bennett oh. play Greg guard. No, I don't That'll think so. that would be the final
6: score of that game? That would be horrible. Oh, my goodness. 25-26? I
0: don't know. And I'm here, I'm something here something for there. it if that's the case. Yeah, think about the powerhouse ACC. Louisville
2: 26 where are they both getting hot?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Louisville, Duke, Florida State. That's all Bracketology has for the ACC as of now. Yeah, Big East and Big Ten is where it's
6: at this year.
0: Uh, hey, before we let you go, we uh, on a non-basketball item, we had this discussion, obviously, with Patrick Holmes and the Chiefs winning. Everyone's using the word dynasty, 20-something-year-old quarterback, MVP, set up to win for Mike the McCarthy. next. Yep. Yeah. Oh, is that the? That's your answer? Yeah. Could you please uh, opine on that? I know Held why, because I'm to sitting Capers.
6: right here. Held on to... to Dom Capers way too long. Held on to Dom Capers way too That's long. That's it? Allowed... Hey, was that his choice? And what what happened in all those playoff games? Almost every single playoff loss they had, they got the crap beat on them because they couldn't stop uh, the other side. I mean, that's you get, you, get, you can't keep going yeah. to that well. You better go. So, yeah. uh,
1: you better go up to town and warn Wonderboy not to hang on to Petten too long. Then.
6: Hey, I, I would have been just fine had they decided <laughs> to go away. From
1: I'm just pet. saying, you better go warn Wonderboy.
6: I don't need to go warn Wonderboy. I, I I would like to go back ten years and, and tell Mike McCarthy that you can't hold on to a. Uh, hold on to the comb over. I mean, you can't do that. That's just, you should You shouldn't be doing
1: that. Hey, That's that was some good work. just for men jet black ha- hair dye, Zach. Come on, you got to give capers <laughs> that.
0: Well, it's crazy, oh. Zach, because if you break the decade into, into halves, right, the second half of the decade, the end was near, the talent wasn't there. Maybe it was time for Thompson and McCarthy to go. But if you go to the first half from 11 to 15, you know, they had a 15-1 season, two and 12-4 seasons. Rodgers wins two MVPs. That's where I will always hang it on, that they didn't win a second Super Bowl in 11, 12, 13, or 14. That's where the opportunity was missed. They had an elite roster. They had the best player in the game at the time. Uh, to not get a second one in that four-year window, I think will forever haunt this franchise because they should have gotten at least one, if not two, out of that four-year window.
1: Yeah,
6: no doubt, especially. I and I don't know where you can point to other than the coaching.
1: Hey, did you know that Mike McCarthy's got the second most Super Bowls <laughs> the last decade behind Bill oh
0: Belichick? <laughs>
1: Facts only, Heilprin. <laughs>
0: That's a good one. Uh, well, Zach, I'll leave you with this. I, if you saw the Twitter poll, then you obviously saw the debut of the Joe Sonian. So you, you know where my stance is on supporting Ted Thompson and Aaron Rodgers. So uh, feel free for your throng of millions and millions of Twitter followers if you'd like to retweet or use the Joe Sonian. Uh, you know, with okay. Rashawn Gary, Ryan Braun, Aaron Rodgers, and Ted Thompson being in our inaugural class of the 2020 Joe Sonian.
6: Hey, that's, that's a great class. I don't know how you could do better.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people thought Yana should have been in there, but just goes to show you how great of a class it was that the reigning MVP doesn't even get in, Zach. And Heilprin,
1: if you could extend the message. I know we asked yesterday, but I don't think he's was available for interview. Tell Guard that he's off of Mount Notice.
6: I'll let him know. <laughs> I think his kid, I think his, his wife and kids would be very, very glad. Yep.
0: They'll I stand in support with him. Bring, bring some peace. Mind. Yeah, bring yeah, some peace to mind. the guard household.
6: Yeah, keep yeah. mind now.
0: Thank you, Zach. <laughs> See you, buddy. Yeah. Yep. There he is, our sports director, Zach. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and, no, no, let me say he's not gonna pass that message along. we Nelson. Guard. How long
1: you been asking this about that? November. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right. So for all you who are voting Ted Thompson in this uh, poll. Uh, again, our Twitter poll at Zone Madison: Who is to blame for the Packers' failure to put down a dynasty in the last decade? Just it's ironic how it lines up. Ten years ago, it was a 20-something MVP, Aaron Rodgers, winning the first of what everyone thought would be many Super Bowls, and now people are saying the exact same thing about Patrick Mahomes. And I guess would you either say a cautionary tale for Chiefs fans, or more of a kick, more of the nut kick continuum for mm-hmm. us? As Wisconsin sports fans, that absolutely, how could the Chiefs? It'd be impossible for the Chiefs not to win again in the next ten years. They have a twenty-five-year-old quarterback who's the MVP, uh, which just makes it even worse that we had a twenty-seven-year-old MVP that couldn't get it done. Um, so, if you're but if you're weighing in on that, Ebo, and you're voting Ted Thompson or. You're um, reacting to my inaugural class of the Joe which Ted Thompson is a part of the <laughs> inaugural class of greatness. Great class. Um, I, we dug up from the archives one of the great Ted Thompson stories of all time. And Nelson, you may want to Take pay notes. attention because I think you're going to want to go on air with a, probably some type of an apology after this. Otherwise, you may be staring another D-bag nomination square in the face. Go ahead. Is
2: anyone that should come on air and – Offer an apology. It should be Ted Thompson to Packer Nation. Also, well,
1: well, um, go ahead. Gavin's birthday today. He also requested this. He said, "Consider it a birthday present." I'm honored to play the story for your birthday, Gavin. this is uh, the height and the peak yeah. of Ted Thompson.
0: And you're gonna you're gonna want to apologize, Nelson. Go ahead. Eves. And this was
1: before the Washington Redskins game, yeah. Wild Card game, Wild
4: Card game. Yep. Here you go.
0: And now, deep thoughts. With Ted Thompson,
4: do you ever get to a point where you you're where you really need to be? Um, I don't know. I I was thinking about this, and when we played Washington in the playoffs, we were over, obviously the visiting team, and we were staying downtown. And uh, I went out for a walk, and it it turned dark. It wasn't late, late, but it was eight thirty in January in in Washington D.C. and I'm walking along. There, I'm trying to dodge traffic, and yeah, you know, I'm just a country bumpkin, and, and uh, thinking I'm gonna, uh, you know, go for a long walk. And but I get out, and and there's there's a grass area, and there's there's cars going this way and cars going this way, and I'm in this grass area, and, and I look up, and right there is like the Capitol building, and it's under construction, and it's got all the The scaffolding all the way around the the uh, building. Excuse me. And uh, I just stopped there in the middle of it, and I was safe because the cars were on the road, and I was on the grass. But uh, I was, you know, it was like I was. I didn't go out for a particular purpose, but when I got there, I said, "This is the reason I went for a walk." And hopefully we'll go through this draft process and I'll get to a point and I'll say, this is the reason we did all the work on the draft.
1: That's the man that... Okay, so I you, you, the think question. Question. So I've you really that. think that you've never guy... heard that? I've never heard
2: yeah. that once until right now. <laughs> when was that what year was that from? That was twenty six.
0: Uh well it'd be after so when they they lost in the they we uh two thousand fifteen, right after they lost yeah, 20... in the divisional round to Arizona, leading up to the D. They 2015 didn't look into draft. his health
1: starting with that? Wow. Oh, Nelson, Nelson oh, Cars are he's just a country blumpkin and cars are going this way and cars are going yeah. this way and I have a purpose for walking, and I just you know, was walking, and huh. I figured, yeah, there's a building with some scaffolding on it.
2: Just that. listening to that and not having them look into his health after hearing that story, I might even
1: lead Mark Murphy now.
0: Well, that's just rude. Yeah, uh, it, it definitely makes more. I that's mean, why I blame
1: Mark Murphy. I, don't, I used to blame Ted Thompson. Now I blame Mark Murphy for letting Ted p- piddle around not only Washington, D.C., but also around Titletown. But, Miller, you, you claimed for the longest time that Ted Thompson was your father.
0: Yeah. Well, no, next time, Nelson will have to play the Maury Povich for
1: you. I just want to play it right now.
0: You want to play it now? Okay. So,
1: Nelson, this is long before you. This is when the Joe and Ebo show first really started. Miller proclaimed for a whole season, a whole year, that Ted Thompson was indeed his dad. And it drove people mad. It's like, there's no way. Even if, Joe's own dad would even call in. Dave would call and be like, have you lost your mind, son? And Joe was st- steadfast on it. So I called Maury Povich. What's Maury <laughs> Povich known for?
0: Test. Here you go. The incredible drama on. Ted Thompson is my father.
4: Uh, yeah. There'll be more truth. I'm not trying to be vague or general, but it's 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 hard to say. You know? I
0: swear, Ted Thompson swear. is my dad. Absolutely stunning results. A DNA test. I know for a fact that Ted's my father. I don't know how to answer that. I love him unconditionally. Today, on an incredible mark, expect oh, the unexpected. When it comes to... Go. 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 Ted, you are not... Oh! my oh. oh. oh, God. I last week on vacation in Florida with my dad, Ted Thompson. Dad, Ted Thompson. Dad, Ted Thompson. I love him unconditionally. I is swear Ted Thompson was my dad. Draft and develop. I
4: don't know how this came to be, but it was an e-yikes strong thing.
1: Yeah, that was a big day.
0: Yeah.
1: The big that's reveal been, that day. Bittersweet. Joe yeah. cried on air when he found out that yeah. Ted wasn't his dad.
0: So based on all that, Nelson, would you like to walk back your comments about Ted Thompson being an inaugural member of the Joe Sonian? I mean,
2: Ted's got a lot of history on the Joe and Evo show. I stand by everything I said,
0: Joe. Mm. Well, well, that's just rude. I, uh, you know, I can't tell somebody what to do with the D-bag vote, um, <laughs> but... I, people you don't know, realize
1: how integral Ted Thompson was to the Joe and Ebo show. Um, like,
0: that was a... People People may be, uh, may be up for D-bag of the week, Nelson. I'm just... I'm not saying, I'm just saying. I'm just putting that out there. Uh, all right, we are going to oh, hear from Memories. Our, uh, yeah, that was a good good trip down memory lane. So, I, you know, I don't know what Nelson What I mean, what, what more did you want the man to do? He drafts Aaron Rodgers, drafts Clay Matthews, uh, you know, drafts Jordy Nelson, drafts Randall Cobb, drafts Devontae... Adams drafts, Aaron Jones drafts, David Bakhtiari drafts, Mason Crosby signs, Charles Woodson signs, Julius Peppers. What, what more <laughs> did you want the guy to do for God's sake? I mean, it's pretty easy. Oh. Sign
2: more free agents, Joe,
0: man. I thought that was a, I thought that, 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 was enough, but, uh, uh, I appreciate you uh, playing that Evo. Uh, I, I mean, a... that, I mean,
1: Ted's in the Josonium now.
0: Yep. We were talking, Next thing, Nelson, you're going to probably come after Ryan
2: Braun. Wait, you're going? The only things in museums collect dust. Hmm. So I guess he's probably set there.
0: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Last out. How many home runs? How many? Who's got more home runs? Ryan Braun or Robin Young?
2: Ryan Braun. (laughs)
0: why Robin Yount ain't in no Joe Sonian. Who
2: tested positive for PEDs multiple <sighs> times? Right. Well, the truth Ryan is he's innocent. Or Robin Young?
0: That's like testing positive for water in baseball, Nelson. Stop it. Everyone's nice doing deflection. it. <laughs> I ain't seen no Yount on the Joe Sonian. Just saying. Where's Paul Molitor on that? He ain't ain ain't in.